Blog Talk Radio. With Silvino Bracco's UCL injury, how will the D-backs bullpen look in 2019? Plus, the what D-back has surprised the most so far in spring training? Hello, Diamondback Nation. Welcome back to the Rattle Up Podcast. My name is Blake, and I am joined here by, by my co-host, Chris. Hope all of you are having a fantastic Friday night. Looking forward to our weekend here. Uh, just a couple quick announcements before we get started. If you are looking to buy some merch here before the regular season starts, you can head over to baseballpodcastnet.com. We still have our Gerard Dyson t-shirt design there. So if you want to go check that out, again, that is baseballpodcastnet.com. Also, if you're still looking to maybe get some tickets for opening day or any other regular season game, sporting event, concert, anything like that, you can head over to stubyard.com and use the code BPN10, and that'll get you 10% off any purchase. Again, that is BPN10. Uh, right, right away, we're, we're going to go right into our spring training awards. The D-backs are, are kind of on a cold, uh, cold skin in spring training right now, but still some bright spots to see. So, Chris, if you just want to start us off with your awards. Sure. Uh... For my MVP, I had Wilmer Flores. For my Cy Young, I uh, had Mark, and then however you say that last name. Um, yeah. Okay. And then uh, for my surprise vet, I had Abraham Almonte. And for my surprise rookie, I had – I really don't know how to say his uh, name I'm, either. I'm pretty sure it's Juniel Carasuto. I'm probably butchering that a little bit, but – yeah, I uh, I also had the same awards as Chris. I, also, I uh, my MVP is Wilmer Flores. I saw Young Mark Sepchinski. Surprise rookie was Juniel Kerasuto. Uh, I I'm probably butchering that. I apologize. But and then surprise veteran Abraham Almonte. Just running through it, Wilmer Flores. If I can just pull up the stats real here, uh, real quick here. Um, Wilmer Flores is having a very good spring so far. If we just look at his, his, his batting his batting line. He's batting 471 with a 550 on base, 765 slugging to make that an over 1300 OPS. Eight for 17 with two doubles. Hit his first home run. I think it was against the Indians. If I might be mistaken there, but uh, he hit his first home run a few days ago. He already has seven RBIs. Um, you know, and, that, and that's a great sign because obviously Wilmer Flores, it, uh, Torre Velo has already stated that he's going to be the opening day. Uh, you know, second baseman, and you know, him perform very well in spring training. Obviously, it's against you know not all major league talent, but still, this is have the momentum carrying into the regular season, and you know, hopefully, he can be a good bat in the lineup. Um, Cy Young, I went with Mark uh, uh, Zabchinski. Uh, he hasn't given up a run yet in a, in a four four and a third innings, and you know, he's, he's definitely making a case to, for him to, for a to get on the opening day roster. He's holding batters to a 143 average. So that's good to see. A surprise rookie, yeah, I went with Junio Kirasuto. He's actually having a pretty good spring. He does have, I think, 11 uh, career at-bats back in 2016 with Tampa Bay. 
But, you know, if he can keep that up and maybe he can be a September call-up if, you know, if, if he performs well in the minors. And surprise veteran Abraham Almonte could be, a, you know, a decent outfield depth piece if, one, if you know, if one of our starting outfielders get injured. He, I think he's batting right, right around 350. Um, and, you know, he's, he's just a, a good veteran presence to have on the team. Uh, Chris, you, anything yeah, else Yeah, he's been um, – Almonte has been hitting really well all week and uh, all spring training. Uh, so far in spring training, he's hitting, yeah, he's hitting 348, and uh, he's eight hits, and he's been doing really well. And I think that he definitely has a chance to make the roster, and he'll he he'll definitely be a September call up. Because if you think about it right now, Diamondbacks outfield depth is pretty is pretty shallow. I mean, you got, I mean, yeah, obviously you have Peralta. Marte and Souza, and but I mean, then like, who else do you like really have that? that, that I mean, you have Gerard Dyson, obviously, but I mean, you you need probably need that fifth outfielder in case someone gets injured or whatever. Anyway, we're gonna move on here into our mailbag segment. So we're gonna flip it to Benson here. He's got the questions. Can we get the first question, please? Yes. First question is from Alex. What do the D-backs need to do differently if they want to get back to the postseason, or better yet? compete for a championship with the likes of the Red Sox, Yankees, Dodgers, and Astros? Well, the thing is, this year, there's pretty much no chance the Diamondbacks are going to compete with those four teams. It's just the level of talent on the roster is just, you can't, you can't combat that one in one season. But the thing is, those four teams are all huge market teams, except for Houston, which still has a pretty big market. But, you know, talking about Boston, New York, L.A., those are all huge market teams, and they get a lot of you know media coverage and everything. So, Diamondbacks obviously they just need to work on just on just I think just you know but obviously it's gonna this is sound kind of redundant, but obviously just you know you, you got to build your players up and you have to acquire talent. That's the that's that's what the Cubs you know Theo Epstein their main motive was is that they need to acquire talent and and because that that's how you win games is because you have players that are good and then and you know pretty much Chris your thoughts. Um, well, they definitely need to not lose one big player or a few big players every single offseason the past yeah. few years. And uh, their players that they acquire need to perform, like, why they acquired them. And some of their prospects need to do something because they haven't really had many good prospects come up in the past two or three years. Yeah, I mean, we've troubled to have a rookie of the year from 2017 and 2018. I mean, Yoshi Toronto, I guess, counts, but he, he's 34, though. Um, and he yeah, wasn't in their uh, – farm system yeah he wasn't either okay yeah anyway next question next question is from hawk socks all right the one two is pretty uh cut cut and clear you have zach Granke and robbie ray those are the one two punch and that's been the same way for you know the past couple years now past few years actually uh, i'm gonna say zach godley is the third since he's the most proven starter and then four and five is really a toss-up between uh luke weaver and merrill kelly I think both those two will make the rotation. Obviously, you want uh, Luke Weaver to pitch. You know, he's the guy you got from. He's the guy you got in the goal trade. You want to develop him and give him some, give him some playing time. I don't know who's me four or five. I, have, I don't know a lot about Merrill Kelly. Obviously, he's been pitching in Korea, um, so it just depends on you know how they perform the rest of the spring training. Yeah, um, I'd say Granky and Corb. Uh, my bad, Granky Ray, and then. Uh... Godley are definitely going to be the top three pitchers, and I def- then I think um, 
then I think it's going to be Weaver and Kelly because they're really the best two starters I think that they have are the, available out of the rest of their players. And I think the I think uh, Kelly will be fourth and Weaver will be fifth because I think Kelly has just more experience pitching up a, at a higher level. Mm-hmm. All right, next question. All right, another question from the Hawks. Hawks now, will Zach Greinke be traded by the end of the year? I unless the only scenario I can imagine this happening is if there's a team that really needs a starter. I mean, a team like the Atlanta Braves would be the, the best scenario. Um, and Zach Greinke is perform is pitching at a Cy Young level, and the Diamondbacks are just utter garbage, and they are in a full and they are committed to a full rebuild because Zach Greinke is making what thirty five, thirty four million dollars a year. And that's a lot of money for a team to take on, even though Zach Greinke's a very good pitcher, and he could be an ace on a, on a lot of te- on a lot of ball clubs. But that's still that's a lot of money to take on, and he's I think he's thirty thirty four. I'm pretty sure. So yeah. Yeah, I think that I don't think he'll be traded until maybe the last year of his contract, if for somehow he's still doing really well because he's just being paid so much money, and I don't think many teams are going to want to take him on, take on his contract or or. Uh, take him as he's like getting older and still on a contract for a few more years. So I think the only way he'll be traded by the end of the year is to a team that really needs a starter. And if the Diamondbacks add some money with it. All right. Uh, next question, please. All right. Next question. And last question is from a sad Arizona sports fan. He asks, who do you think will have the biggest bounce back season on the Diamondbacks? Um, I'm going to say Jake Lamb. And just the case that Jake Lamb has already put up, all-star numbers back in 2016, 2017. is only all-star one of those years, but I think Jake Lamb, um, if you look at his stats last year, he's injured for a lot of the year. If he comes back healthy and he gets a lot of playing time at first, I mean, I don't see why he would struggle. I mean, he, he showed that he can be a 30-home run, 100-RBI guy. I can get him especially, especially once he gets first base down, he can focus a lot on that, uh, a, lot of, a lot on his bat more. Um, I kind of agree with you there. I think Lamb can definitely have a bounce back year offensively, but he might struggle a little bit at the new position defensively. And uh, I so I think he'll be the uh, comeback player of the year. But another guy might be uh, Souza definitely has a chance because he was injured a lot of last year. So if he can put up numbers like the year before we uh, traded for him, I think he could be the comeback player of the year too. Uh-huh. Thank you guys for sending in those mailbag questions. Uh, we're going to get into the score recap. So Diamondbacks last year, or last year, last week, did not have such a great week uh, just team-wise. On last Saturday, they uh, they lost the Do- or they actually beat beat Dodgers six to five. They had uh, they rallied for a five-run seventh inning. On Sunday, they dropped, lost to the Mariners three to seven, and that was actually the last time we saw Silvino Bracho pitch. He's had over a 10, uh, 10 ERA in spring training, but then again, obviously the news that he is having Tommy John, so that, you know, that could have had an effect on it. Um, and then Monday, they tied against the Reds in a split squad match. Uh, what, is, what is that? Is that two? Yeah, Tuesday. They dropped to the Royals 5-3. to three. And then, and then, uh, yeah, and then what, which, what day is this? Wednesday. Wednesday, they, they also dropped to the Brewers 5-4. to four. Thursday, they uh, they actually dropped to the Indians four to three. Uh, that was the yeah that was the game where Wilmer Flores hit his first home run. Uh, I think it was like something like four hundred forty something feet. So that, that's good, great to see from Wilmer. Uh, and then today, actually, uh, I, I, was, I was watching a little bit of this game. 
the D-backs lost to the Brewers 6-3. to Travis Shaw had two home runs in that game, and also a Brewers top prospect, Keston Hira. Uh, so that's that. Uh, Chris, any, any thoughts, any takeaways you, you saw from those games? They definitely had a rough week uh, team-wise, but uh, looking at the box scores and stuff like that, the players got a lot of the players had some, uh, got a lot of good work in, and I think that spring training doesn't matter, definitely doesn't matter. So uh, as long as their players are developing and their pitch, not and no more pitchers have UCL injuries, then it it doesn't really matter spring training. But they're definitely uh, getting some good experience for those players. Exactly. Uh, speaking of that, tomorrow and also Sunday, the D-backs will be taking on the Rockies in a split squad in Monterey, Mexico. And definitely, you know, part of the MLB's uh, effort to try and globalize the game. And uh, there was a report that. You're going to see Eduardo Escobar, Ketel Marte, David Peralta, and Steven Souza. You know they're 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 going to be all be going to Monterey, um, which you know is kind of, those four are kind of the catalyst of this offense. Uh, I guess except for Jake Lamb, but yeah, those four are going to go to Monterey and get some experience in there. So yeah, be, uh, be sure to watch out. For, be sure to watch. Uh, keep an eye on those games. Keep an eye on who's performing. Um, but anyway, just a couple, just a little uh, couple cut note here about. Uh, Mike Hazen on uh, Cattell Marte and Jake Lamb, and on their new positions, uh, Cattell Marte moving from second to center, and Jake Lamb moving across the diamond from third to first. Uh, Hazen said, I think there's going to be rocky roads in some cases ahead too. You don't see the full gamut of what can happen in big league games, so we're going to deal with those things. They're working their butts off. I think they both went into the right mindset, which is taking the challenge heads on and believing in their ability to do it. I think that's step number one. Hopefully, in the next three weeks, with more repetition, they'll see more crazy things happen and become more comfortable with it. But so far, so good for both. And yeah, Jake, uh, Jake Lamb has been actually performing pretty well at first base, and same for Cattell Marte in center. Um, yeah. So yeah, Chris, uh, we got about a minute left here in this in this segment. How do you fare? How do you think that uh, these two players will fare in their new possession positions in 2019? Well, uh, Jake Lamb in his last full season which was 2017 at third base, he had 14 errors. And the year before that, he had 20. So, I mean, hopefully that his defense will improve even more at first because 20 errors or anything close to that at first isn't very good. So um, I definitely think that's going to be a concern for a lot of people and his defense over there. But I think Marte, he has speed, and he's going to be a good center fielder. And I, I don't think he'll have much problem adjusting. Yeah. Yeah, some major steps for these young players that are kind of the lead, the faces of the D-backs. We're going to hit an ad here, and then we got some bullpen talk. Hey, guys, this is Benson from Bucko Booth, also producers here on this show. Just want to make sure you tune in this Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern to another edition of Bucko Booth. We're going to be breaking down the week that was Pirates baseball, as well as discussing Francisco Cervelli. His contract is up at the end of the season and whether or not we believe that the Pirates should pursue an extension with the veteran catcher. We'll break down all of that. And we're going to be jumping into the USA Today win predictions for the Pirates and see how accurate we believe those totals are, and we're going to give our win predictions as well. Then to wrap it up, we're going to be discussing Tyler Lyons. Now he's been impressing early on for the Pirates, and if he'll make that opening day bullpen. All this and much more on this week's edition of Bucko Booth. You don't want to miss it. This Saturday, 8 a.m. Eastern. I'll let you get back to this show, but make sure you join me Saturday, 8 a.m. Eastern. See you there.
All right, on Wednesday, it was announced that Diamondbacks right-handed reliever Silvino Bracho is going to be out for all of 2019. Um, he has a uh, partially torn uh, UCL in his right arm, in his right elbow, I should say. So that obviously he's going to be requiring Tommy John surgery, and that's going to sideline him for the whole season. Uh, kind of a big blow for the Diamondbacks, who really used to be no Bracho. Uh, it's kind of just yeah, as as one website calls it, as as he was part of the taxi squad. You know, keep he he was always swapping between Reno and Phoenix, and he was you know a really good piece of Diamondbacks when a guy got injured or they needed to just call some got call someone up or anything like that. You know, he was he was good in that role. In 2018, he started to show some signs. Um, you know, Diamondbacks have had a lot of hope in, hope in, in Bracho. Um, 2018, third, in 31 innings, a 3.19 ERA. Uh, he had a, a strikeout spread of 9.9, so definitely some strikeout potential from him. He's only 25 years old, so um, well, I guess 26 now, but, you know, so um, it, it, it's definitely a huge blow. To, I, I think he would have made the opening day roster um, if he hadn't get injured. But, uh, yeah, Chris, how, how do you think this uh, affects the bullpen in general, and how do you think maybe is this going to open up new doors for for other guys, or is this just going to uh, have a have a toll on the team? Um, I don't think it's going to affect the team as much, considering he's not like a he's not really a staple on the team because since he hasn't really been a been on a long term player the last few years, he's been getting sent down a lot and sent back up and stuff like that. So it'll definitely open a door for one of their players that wasn't probably wasn't expecting to make the roster, and uh, I, it'll definitely hurt the team a little bit, but really not much. It won't affect them because he's not really a big name player on the team. Exactly. So we're actually going to get into our discussion of, of the of you know of of the team Diamondbacks bullpen and how they're going to perform in in 20 in 2019. Obviously, 2018, you know, first part of the season, they were, you know, adequate, they were pretty good, and then obviously, you know what happened later in the year, they couldn't find a closer. They tried Bradley, they tried Hirano. I mean, Boxberger just just fell apart and he's now in Kansas City. So, that that's definitely a, one of the big, bigger uh points of concern that the Diamondbacks have going into 2019. And so we're just going to get into some over/unders here of some relievers that, you know, could make the roster. Uh so here we go. Archie Bradley a 2.5 ERA and a 10.0 Ks for nine and 25 saves. Um, I think he'll he'll be um over for ERA and uh, under for K9 and over for saves. So you think he's going to have a, a definitely a, a a bigger role? Um, it, he's going to have a definitely a, a huge closer role then. Yeah, I think he's going to be our closer. Opening day, or do you, do you think you're going to wait a little bit? Just. Pretty much the whole time, I think he he might get a few days of rest there here and there, but I think he'll be the main starter for most of the season. I mean, mm-hmm. closer. Yeah. All right. Next next pitcher here, Yoshi Hirano, a three point zero ERA and ten saves. Um, I think he'll have a lower ERA and less saves. Okay. Yeah, I can understand that if Archie can be the full time closer. Uh, then Greg Holland, a three point zero ERA and twenty saves. I think he'll have a higher ERA and then uh, lower saves. Yeah, the thing about Greg Holland is he's got, he was kind of a tale of two, of two. He you know he had two sides to his game in in 2018. With the Cardinals, he was just god awful. A seven an ERA of almost eight in 25 innings. But then he got traded to Washington and he actually had a pretty good pretty good campaign there. In 20, 21 innings, his ERA was under one. So again, and then that's just going to depend, you know. 
on how you know he, how he's going to perform. You know, if he's going to be able to get outs. So far in spring training, he hasn't been able to uh, perform very well. But you know, that is only spring training, and he's he's a veteran pitcher. So you know, who knows what could happen? He did have he's had some very good uh, dominant years for Kansas City back back in the day. But yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what he can provide to this team. All right, next pitcher here is Andrew Chafin. I put 70 games and 70 innings pitched. Uh, I think I'm not really sure right around there because it's really a not – I don't know how to explain it really, but I think he'll be less for games and less for innings pitched because he – the last few – he's only reached that once, and that was in 2015. And the last two years he's reached 70 games pitched, but he hasn't – he barely reached 50 innings pitched in both of them, and one yeah. of them. So I don't think he'll have more than 70 innings yeah. pitched. Because it seems like the Diamondbacks are trying to use Chafin as kind of a, what we call a loogie or a lefty one-out guy. So, I mean, the thing with Chafin is that he's hasn't shown a lot of ability to get, get to get that first man out. He usually always walks him or gives up a hit or something like that. So it's going to be interesting to see if the Diamondbacks actually want to give him a role and you know, like a full is, is like a seventh inning man, or is like in, in full innings of work instead of just getting just trying to get that one lefty out in the lineup or any, or something like that. Anyway, next pitcher here, Jimmy Shurphy. I put thirty games and a three point five ERA. Um, I think uh, he hasn't had a huge role in the bullpen in the last two years in the majors, and I don't think he'll have a, a much bigger role this year. So I think he'll have less games, and I think. Um, an ERA right around, yeah, an ERA right around uh, 3.5. I don't know, right. really know above or below, but right. And then next was Robbie Scott, one of the one of the Diamondbacks lefties they signed this off season. I just put 10 games and a 3.5 ERA. I think he'll be lower in games and lower in ERA because I don't think he'll be up in the majors very long. And uh, if he is, it'll be for a few games at the end of the season in September. And he won't get enough uh, time up to get to 10 games. Yeah. I mean, and then again, it, it, yeah, it, it, I think they're, they're, him and uh, Zipchinski are just, you know, death pieces, death pieces in case Chafin or McFarland or any other bullpen guy gets injured. But yeah, anyway, moving on, Yuan Lopez, and this is a big one because there's a lot to talk about with, with Lopez, 50 innings pitched and 15 holds. I think I definitely think he'll have less than innings pitched and, uh, more and holds. Yeah, because the thing with Yohan Lopez, and uh, I think there's a lot of talk about him. Last year, he was kind of used out of the bullpen. I don't think he got any starts. I could be mistaken. He might have gotten one in there, but yeah. Um, the thing with Yohan Lopez is that early in the offseason, Mike Hazen, I think it was Hazen, or was it Lovello? I don't know. But it was one of them that said that Lopez would be ready out of the bullpen. Um, if, for 2019, but obviously with some of the signings they made, who knows? You know how how true that's going to be. Um, the thing with Lopez is you want him to get, you definitely want him to get a lot of time, a lot of you know work in in in, in games. So that that would be in the minor leagues or in the majors because he really only has two pitches right now, which is a fastball and a slider. And in the majors, you need more than that to get out. So I mean, who knows? They, there's been talk to make him a, maybe a, a future closer or a setup man. And I remember there was a, one game last year. I don't know if Chris, you remember. It was the game against the Dodgers um, where he, I think he, he struck out a side after giving up a double to Manny Machado. And that was, you know, kind of, that was kind of a bright spot from last year. Do you remember that game at all? No, I don't. 
yeah, uh, it was one of it was like the last home stand of the year, but um, yeah. So that's the thing with Lopez is, are you are you gonna put him in the majors and maybe he hits less time, or you put him in AAA and he gets time against you know some some you know some major league quality players, um, and and you know he he's actually get some time and he's gonna develop his game. All right, next pitcher here is Joey Crable. I just put ten games. Lower. I I don't think he'll be up at just like Robbie Scott. I don't think he'll be up in the majors for very long. Just probably September call ups. Yeah, I guess Crable made his debut last year. I think he was actually a former first round pick of the Angels. But yeah, so he did decent in his in his I think three innings three innings that he pitched in. But we'll have to see injuries or anything like that. Um. Yeah. Now, next is Matt Cook. I'll, I put 15 games and 50 innings pitched. I think he'll be higher in games and uh, low and higher in innings. No, lower in innings pitched. Yeah. Do you see him being uh, a weapon out of the bullpen, or do you still see him being that that spot starter where he's gonna, you know, say say one, you know one of our one of the one of the five guys gets injured and he's gonna you know be in there for a couple of weeks, or do you think he's gonna be used out of the bullpen kind of as, as like a long reliever? Um, I feel like he could be used out of both. I definitely think that he'll mainly get time if someone's injured and uh, he needs to come in and do a few starts. And then if they need a bullpen piece, they might call him up for a few games, but not for very long. Mm-hmm. And the next is Nick Green. We already talked about this a little bit before the show, but, but I put 25 games and a 4.0 ERA. Lower in games and then a probably higher in ERA. Yeah, um, Nick Green, uh, he actually started the first spring training game for the Diamondbacks. He pitched two scoreless innings. He looks solid, but, you know, he's a rule five pick, so I think Diamondbacks have to keep him on their 25-man roster or send him back to, uh, I think it was, yeah, the Yankees, who they selected him from. So it just depends how, how well he can perform for the rest of, for the, rest of the spring training. Uh, if I were the Diamondbacks, I would just say put him on the opening day roster for, you know, for the first you know, couple weeks. If he's not good, you can just send him back or just re- re- release him. And if he is good, then you got a free bullpen piece for basically nothing. So, I mean, if if if, if obviously I'm not the Diamondbacks GM, but if I were, I would keep him in the majors for a little bit. And if he, you know, and that's the thing because if he's not good, you just send him back. It's pretty much. All right, Matt Andrees, I put a 4.0 ERA and 50 innings pitched. Lower innings pitched and higher in ERA. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, Matt Andrews, I, I think he worked really well with the Rays in their system, you know, kind of as an opener and all that. But I don't think he's in a traditional bullpen or a traditional pitching staff. I don't think he's really going to work as well. Um, he just he was not able to really get outs last year, and so you know that was it wasn't it wasn't very good. And then uh, last bullpen piece here was T.J. McFarland. Actually, had a very very good year last year. Very underrated. I put a 2.0 ERA and 70 innings pitched. Um, I I think he'll have a lo- higher ERA and a lower innings pitched. Yeah, if I because this is actually interesting here because if I pull it up, 2017 he was actually not amazing, but yeah, in 2018 he did have exactly a 2.0 ERA and and he had 72 innings pitched. He doesn't get a lot of strikeouts or anything like that, but he gets outs and he doesn't allow a lot of runs, which I mean is the point of, of the is the point of pitching, right? You 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 want to get outs and you don't want to allow runs, which is, I mean I I think he's just a good inning eater. I don't. I think he, you can really put him in high leverage situations. We kind of saw a little bit last year. Didn't pan out so well. So, yeah. All right. And to get, uh, getting into the last part of our show here is just predicting the opening day bullpen for 2019. Uh, 
what I see is that there's four pretty much uh, locked uh, logins for for the bullpen, and that is Archie Bradley, Yoshi Hirano, Greg Holland, and Andrew Chafin. And then there are some guys that I would think will probably get in, like TJ McFarland, as I already said, and Jimmy Scherfe. But Chris, that that's um, you know that that's six guys I mentioned right there. Who do you think is that seventh guy that's going to make the crack the opening day roster and be in the bullpen for the Diamondbacks? I think Lopez is going to be in the um, roster on the, at the start of the year, or definitely for a lot of the year. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Matt Koch maybe comes up if they are going to have a long stretch of games where they might need a player just to take some long, uh, long relief innings. It really yeah. depends on the situation, but I think Lopez will be the main guy. Right. Exactly. So a lot of things to look to, to, you know, question about a lot of things to look forward to also. So anyway, I hope you guys have a great night. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of rattle up. I will see you later. Rattle Up is produced by Benson Fector. Rattle Up is a Baseball Podcast Network production. Be sure to give our host a follow on Instagram, Chris Sumner at Chris underscore Sumner 710 and Blake Warner at Everything D-backs. Be sure to give the Baseball Podcast Network a follow on all our social media platforms as well. Instagram at Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter at Baseball Podcast One. That's P-O-D- CAS1, SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network, and YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next time.